Hello, and welcome to the FMV Sequence, a movie podcast for video game nerds. I'm Tyler Lirsch, and today we're going to be talking about Dragon's Dogma, an action-adventure RPG released in 2012. The game itself had several innovative functions within it, such as its use of the pawn system, class system, and its different take on the multiplayer aspect as well. In 2020, there was an anime released on Netflix of the same title that was based off this 2012 game as well as its lore. The last time a dragon appeared was well over a hundred years ago. You are not ready. Joining me in the discussion about both the game and the anime series is my good friend and resident expert on the game, Watson Wallen, who's a gamer of about 15 years of experience who also has an extensive knowledge of the game's history and its lore. I've probably put 800 hours in Skyrim. I've played Dragon's Dogma probably twice as much as far as time played. Without further ado, let's get into it. Watson, how you doing today? Pretty good, Tyler. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So before we get too far in, why don't you tell me about your history with the game? Like how long you've played it, what things you like about it, what things you don't like about it? Yeah, I can uh, I can definitely talk about that. I got the game shortly after uh, Skyrim came out. Actually, I think I think that was 2013. I may be wrong. It came out in 2011. Okay, yeah. I got it there at the local game store because I, I've never heard of the game before. I guess it wasn't very popular. I guess it still isn't either. But um, I got the game hoping, you know, I was just looking for like a, you know, just hack and slash, like Dungeons and Dragons type game. And Dragon's Dogma exceeded my expectations by a thousand. I've been playing games for 16 years and it's still in my top three favorite video games of all time. I know we've talked about it a lot. But um, for the listeners at home, why don't you mind explaining what role you might play the most or what might be your favorite role you played as? You start off the game, a dragon attacks a small fishing town, which is where you live. Um, The dragon steals your heart, your soul, your being or whatever. And you have spent the rest of the game of the main quest trying to confront the dragon. And you're given a choice to sacrifice your loved one who that will be a number of characters depending on how you max out certain affinities with NPCs and everything like that. You start off with three roles, a fighter, which is sword and shield, a mage, which is a staff user, and um, some kind of archer type class, either strider or ranger. I think it's strider. And then, you know, you do a couple missions in the city, you do some outside the city. Um, early on in the game, you can uh, change different vocations. I think there's like nine vocations. There's fighter, uh, strider, mage, which I talked about, sorcerer, which is a mage specializing in destructive spells, which they get their own staffs. There's um, magic archers with hybrid um, vocations like magic archer, which is a strider, a mage. There's mystic knight, which is mage and fighter. Um, and each vocation has its own unique abilities, moves, passive things. Um, it, it, it can get pretty in-depth. Out of those roles that you kind of talked about, what would you, would you say is your favorite? Or even the most recent one that you played? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say both. Unfortunately, I fall in the category of, oh, I'm going to do something different. And then I do the, I mean, the Dragon's Dogma equivalent to Stealth Archer. <laughs> there is an assassin. Class, I do not use the assassin class, even though I've seen a lot of YouTube videos over how broken it can be in the DLC, especially. But my favorite class is 
probably Strider. He focuses on long, or Ranger, I mean. He focuses on uh, long range bow attacks and can carry daggers as a melee. My most recent playthrough, I think I've already maxed out my Ranger Affinity, as well as Fighter, as well as Strider, as well as Mystic Knight. And I think I'm one or two vocation levels away from maxing out my Sorcerer, which is what I'm mainly going to try to play as. So now we kind of talked about it a few months ago when we both kind of had our Dragon's Dog Revenge, but um, I remember you telling me about uh, sending a letter to Capcom or the creator of the game, uh, or maybe it was an email. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Well, I found I found a producer of the game. I guess he worked for Capcom. I don't remember his name, but I just had to I just had to congratulate him on how excellent of a game Dragon's Dogma was. I think it's very underrated, and uh, I did I definitely had to tell him how much I enjoyed it and how much I played it. So you kind of mentioned it being underrated. What would you say about the game is underrated compared to a massive game like Fallout or Skyrim or any of the other really popular action RPGs? Um, I, I definitely don't think it was played as much, not anywhere near Skyrim. And Skyrim's a good game, but I think Dragon's Dogma in its own way is just a good of a game, if not more. Um, and I've, I've bought copies for my friends. I've, uh, like I've tried to get the word out there about how good of a game it is but I think people just need to give it a chance I get you and even with the PS5 coming out I don't know if they'll release some sort of remastered PS5 version or not the PS4 version uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen is still a very good play to this day I think I remember you recommending the game to me, and then I went to the local game store right after you told me, and I looked for it. It was on sale for like 10 15 bucks, so it's not a super expensive game, and like you said, I think a lot of people looked over it because of all the hype surrounding Skyrim or Fallout or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not sure how much it is on the PlayStation Store. I'm not even sure if it's available on the PlayStation Store, but I remember I've had three copies three hard copies of the game, one for PS3 and two for PS4, and I never spent um, new game prices on any of them. So I know we talked about it a couple months ago um, when you came across it on Netflix, but there's an anime related to Dragon's Dogma, right? Oh, yes. When I saw the anime come out, I'm, I'm not an anime person by any means. The closest thing I watched to anime is Family Guy, and I know that's disappointing. Um, and I loved the series. So I read that it came out in 2020, and I watched a couple episodes myself, and I actually did enjoy it. Alongside the anime, what would have been some key points about the story that the listeners might need to know to kind of have the up and up on Dragon's Dogma? Yeah, so I think the uh, anime, it, it, if, I, if I could ask anything of the anime, I wish I could have more just because I love the content so much. But I think it did a pretty good job of following the main storyline, which is, you know, your soul gets stolen by the dragon and you fight to get it back. And it added some theatrical stuff that wasn't in the game on the way, but it also included um, a lot of key fights that were early on in the game, like your first Cyclops uh, was probably in the first hour of the gameplay. And they included that in one of the episodes, and 
depicted it pretty well compared to the game, as well as uh, some harpy fights. Um, you know, like I said, of course they had to extend some things and make up some theatrical stuff just to, you know, give it some give some content to the show. But I think it did a very good job at following um, the main storyline. So let's dig into that Cyclops fight a little bit. I remember when I was playing it the first time, that was kind of like a holy shit moment, honestly. It was not an easy fight because, I mean, at that point in the game, you have nothing. You maybe have like a half-broken sword or something like that if you're playing as a fighter. In the first game, in the game, your first um, conflict with a Cyclops, you know, you go to this encampment. It's a uh, camp for soldiers of the um, of Granzis, which is the you know the city state, for lack of a better word. Um, and you are talking to people there, and you know, doing some fetch quests inside the camp, and blah blah blah. And then a cutscene happens, and it's like, oh no a cyclops is attacking the encampment. You need to defend it, you know, that type of thing. So you walk outside the encampment and lo and behold, you have your first cyclops fight. Um, and, you know, as a beginner, you it may be a pretty tough fight. Um, depending on your weapons and armor, it, it's not a terrible fight to try and get through. In the... Uh, in the camp, or sorry, not, not the campaign. In the anime, you there is an episode I think that involves the encampment, but the Cyclops fight in the anime, um, how that happened was a I, I believe a woman was taken, um, and you know in the anime the main character the the protagonist is uh, he's uh, someone tells him about it and he's like okay well I'm gonna go res- rescue her I mean it's a little bit different from the game the Cyclops didn't capture anyone it was a little bit different setup as far as the battle goes but like the battle sequence itself in the anime was really epic and I think that alone did a really good job portraying the game yeah I would definitely agree with that um, obviously the anime is gonna be a little bit more on the grander scale as far as like how everything is depicted but um i think the level of interactivity that the game has brings a lot more not necessarily emotion to it but more kind of feeling towards it you know how would you say that the anime holds up to the original source material i know we already kind of talked about it but i know that the story in the anime is a little bit more linear it kind of deviates from the traditional path that you might follow in the game but would you still say it's it hits a lot of the same key points of the story? Yes, I think it hits all the important key points in the story. I, Like I said earlier, I would want more key points just because I like the content so much. I think it did a very good job portraying in its own way what happened in the, the game. And my thing with the game is like, you know, there's a lot to do in Dragon's Dogma. It does have some, you know... Um, bad qualities about it like the lack of fast travel but I think with the content they were given because it was solely based on the game I think the the uh, producers of the movie and the directors of the movie or the anime did a very good job working with what they had to make a competent series I would definitely agree I don't think it was 
Lord of the Rings quality storytelling or anything to compare to a much grander scale, but I think as a standalone anime that's kind of relating back to a early 2010s video game that was honestly, I would honestly say it's probably one of the best action RPGs I've ever played, and I know you probably would too. Yeah. I think it serves as a way to kind of remind a lot of people where we came from as far as like RPGs, because if they see this anime and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, they might go investigate and be like, oh shit, it's a video game. I can go check this out because I mean it's on sale on it's on sale on PC, PS4, Xbox. So I think I think the anime personally is something great. I still need to finish it, but I enjoy the couple episodes. Yeah, I, I could agree with a lot of that. I've probably put over I don't know 800 hours in Skyrim, and I've played Dragon's Dogma probably twice as much as far as time played. Yeah, I think you told me that you had, like, something around... You at least had a thousand hours when we talked about it on PS4, but you played it, like, four times on PS3, right? I've completed the main quest line and gone to New Game Plus six or seven times. And and that's another thing about the game, too. What's really cool is, you know, you're, you're doing the campaign, you're doing the main storyline, and you reach the New Game Plus moment, you are dropped back at the beginning of the game, but you keep all the equipment, all the weapons, all the curatives, your experience on classes, and your level when you reach New Game Plus. So it's kind of been like an infinite cycle to where you're always getting something new. Like you're always getting stuff and you're keeping all your stuff, which I've never seen a game do either which I thought was very unique. And one thing about maxing out vocations is as you ma- as you level up your vocation, each vocation unlocks um, certain moves and abilities and passive effects, which you can carry over to other, other abilities and whatnot um, and other classes. So say if I'm running a mage, well, actually, yeah, yeah, we'll put that because I've done this before. I run a mage and I level up my mage to like 10 out of 10 seals on my vocation. I unlock some kind of, um, and this is just, I, I can't think off the top of my head, but I unlock some kind of staff levitate ability where if I double jump, instead of just double vaulting and then falling to the ground, he, my character pulls out his staff and can hover for a short period of time. And... I unlock that through the mage, I can come back as a sorcerer and still use that effect because they're still a staff user. And it's just like small stuff like that really makes like your gameplay unique because surely everyone will uh, play it differently. I would definitely agree with that. And I had, I had honestly completely forgotten about the fact that you could keep skills from other classes while you had different ones. Of course, you kind of had to have um, the kind of correct equipment equipped at certain times so like if you had a ranger skill while you were playing an assassin an assassin can't use long bows but they can use short bows so you would want to do like more of a rogue but you could also still use swords so you'd want to include some fighter skills or something like that so like we talked about earlier i think this game opened up a lot of abilities for replayability um different ways to try to maneuver around obstacles or anything like that because you can change your vocation at pretty much any time as long as you have the points to spend 
There's one thing that we haven't mentioned about the anime yet, and that was the representation of the pawn system. What did you think about that? Because when it's kind of introduced in the game, it's more of like um, one of the soldiers who introduces you to the pawn system. It's not the pawn directly who's telling you about the whole thing. Yeah, I, yeah, that may have just been a theatrical thing um, in the game. Like you said, in that encampment I talked about in the first part of the game, you're introduced, hey, you can make your first pawn, and, uh, you know, you can make him however unique in his play style, and you can change his mannerisms about how he talks during battle, and if you'd like him to talk more or less, or if you'd like him to focus on fighting bigger guys or smaller guys, um, and... You know, the pawns come from this thing called the rift in the game, in the game. The pawns come from the rift, and how they tie that into an online play is that, you know, every player who plays the game, granted they get past that first hour of game gameplay, they make their character and they make their pawn. Well, as soon as they make their pawn, their pawn is thrown into what is called the rift, and through the rift in your gameplay at any time granted you can find a rift stone you are able to equip your follower along with two other pawns made by other players um now in the anime the pawns you know they come from the rift and and their their job is to assist and protect the the arisen which is whoever the dragon stole like the dragon stole your heart that makes you the arisen so the pawn's main objective is to protect and uh, serve the arisen um and the arisen's job is to protect the province and kill the dragon i think the anime in its own way did a very good job of that so overall what would you give the anime out of say 10 i i think it did fairly well given the content they had to work with um because you know everyone's gameplay could be different they had to base their you know they had to base it off of something so i think given the content of the game the anime was probably a seven or an eight out of ten accurate i would say well i think that's all the time that we have for today watson do you got anything that you want to plug or promote um i mean all i'm gonna say is give Dragon's Dogma a shot, the anime and the video game. Congratulations on Capcom. That was an excellent game. And big congratulations to Netflix because the anime is a Netflix original. I would definitely go give it a shot. Give it a watch. Okay. Well, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FMVPod. We also do monthly screenings of free movies at the Rodeo Cinema in OKC. So if you want to find more out about that, go to one of our social medias. I've been Tyler Lersch, and this is the FMT Sequence. See you.